I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill podcast. I'm your host, Corey Cohen, and Pitt got a win. Now, they didn't look great, and it wasn't that much of an impressive win, but I said on the episode, they just needed to win. If they didn't win, it would have been awful. And while they didn't look good, and nothing really made you feel great about it, they did what they had to do, they got the win, they're now bowl eligible with their sixth win of the season, and they didn't face the disaster scenario of a loss to Georgia Tech. Even on the road, even though Georgia Tech, at least defensively, has got some talent there, uh, you could not afford to lose that game, even though Miami found a way to, uh, and that was at Miami, which is just wild. But Pitt found a way to win, and that is ultimately what matters. But we are going to be talking about the game and, and what we can take away from it. And one thing that we can take away is that, again, this is the same old story we've been seeing week in, week out for almost the entirety of this season. And we did see a a good bit last season, but certainly this year uh, it's emphasized, which is the defense is great, the offense is far from great, special teams hit or miss, and you find a what you either win ugly or you lose ugly. You're not going to blow anyone out. You're not going to have a great performance. You're probably not going to get blown out. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a fight. And either your defense is, because of your defense, you're going to get an ugly win, or because of the offense, you're going to have an ugly loss. And in this case, they got the win, but it was the same old story. And we'll get to the defense in a second, just how great they were. But talking about the offense... This offense looked awful, and they haven't looked good for weeks. I mean, there were a couple moments. There hasn't even been a full game where they looked all that good, but there have been some moments, certainly against UCF, certainly against Duke. They had their moments, and and it looked like there was promise there. Uh, Even against Penn State, there were a couple plays. Against In the opener against UVA, there were a couple plays, Uh, but it just hasn't it hasn't come together. And part of it is talent. Part of it is execution. And that's both on quarterback and on receivers and on running backs. But there is plenty of blame to go around. So let's do a little bit of that. A little bit of that. First of all, Mark Whipple, the offensive coordinator. Right off the bat, it seemed like he was an improvement. I still think he is, certainly over Sean Watson. But it's it just it's it almost seems like the playbook is regressing like he's he's run out of plays because earlier in the year things seemed to be a bit more creative they seem to be breaking the mold a bit but now uh they they have really just plateaued when it comes to the play calling there were so many plays where the offense was moving side to side there were screen passes and there were just so many plays where 
you just need to get down the field. You need 10 yards or whatever you need, 8 yards. And they would just, it would be a screen pass. They would just throw it laterally. And, I, yeah, maybe once in a while that'll work, a little bit of trickery. But that's not what this was. They kept doing it. And the other part that's concerning is how pass-heavy this offense is in a system that's not meant to be with players that aren't meant to be. Now, I get it. You've got a junior quarterback, and Pickett should be good, and you've got some really talented wide receivers. But if the passing game isn't there, the passing game isn't there. And certainly, if if you're not going to establish the run game first, then the passing game won't be there. And Pitt has not been able to establish the run game all season long. And even though Pitt is set up, as we saw last year, to be a run-first team, and no last year that the offense was bad because they they ran uh, too much, or they ran all the time. No, no, no. They they The running game was good. You just wanted a little bit of variety. You wanted them to be able to pass and to do it successfully. No one was saying, oh, the entire offense, you got to burn it down, start from scratch. This has got to be a pass for his offense. No, no, no. Run first offense, that's fine. It's how uh, Michigan State has gotten it done when Arduzzi was there. It's how even Pitt has gotten it done for years. It is running back you. And so it's weird to see Pitt in such a pass-heavy offense. And I don't think it complements the team well. So when it comes to Mark Whipple, I don't think... I still think we don't know enough. I don't think you can write him off or anything. But it does seem like he's gotten to the last pages of the playbook. And they just don't really have anything to go with. And so that's concerning. We'll have to keep an eye on that, but certainly concerning. Then you've got Kenny Pickett, who is starting to look more and more like just not the guy. Now, unfortunately for Pitt, it was pretty clear that Nick Patty is also not the guy. Uh, so you don't really have a quarterback in waiting. Your other guys are young, and you know, you'll know you see what you got in, in Davis, uh, Beville, and, and you'll see what you got moving forward, but you're not really going to throw them into the fire this year. And so this year, it's pretty much all Kenny Pickett. Now next year, maybe there's a thing, but you would hope that Kenny Pickett as a senior would improve. But certainly this being his junior year, they he has not improved certainly not like how you would hope for a guy who is supposed to be the quarterback of the future the guy that won the starting job late in his freshman year and this could have been a whole career of improvement and getting better and better game in game out year in year out and it just hasn't happened this game he was decent and he's never awful but it just doesn't seem like that guy. He was 25 for 34, 204 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. And he seems decent, but just not the guy. He sort of reminds you of Chad Wojtek from a few years ago, where he's fine. And he's not going to lose you games necessarily, but you are limited with what you can do. And with Kenny Pickett, he fights hard, as just as Chad Wojtek did. If the play breaks down, he's going to find a way to scramble. He's not afraid to move. So he's more mobile than Peterman was or Tom Savage was. He's, he's able to move and get out there if he needs to. But just not a quarterback, whether through his arm or through the ground, not a quarterback who really can lead the offense, go get a score when you need to, and uh, and figure it out because they still just it's so difficult for this team 
to get into the end zone. There was one passing touchdown. He had a good pass to Shockey Jacques-Louis, who then had a great play on the back end of it and was able to get into the end zone. And I keep saying, Shockey Jacques-Louis, he was really good, really impressive last year. He should get more of an opportunity in this offense because I think he's a really talented player. And we saw that last year, and we've seen it in just small doses this year. But Kenny Pickett, he's fine. I'm not saying you should bench him. I'm not even saying next year you got to go with the young guy. But it it just seems, and every week there's a chance for me to be impressed and to change my mind. But the more that I see from Kenny Pickett, it seems like he's probably not the guy. He could be a decent quarterback, but he's not going to be the kind who's who's really going to lead the offense. He's going to be more of a game manager. And again, in a pass-heavy offense, you need a little bit more than that. And so it's disconcerting to see a pass-first offense with a quarterback who doesn't have too much going on. So we'll see. Again, every single week, he goes out there and has an opportunity to change my mind. He did it against UCF and Duke in some sort of a way. But since then, he just has not looked up to snuff. And we'll see. Maybe he comes out, not uh, this weekend because Pitt is off. They've got to buy. But then for the, the next game on Thursday night, maybe he comes out and looks great. I'm. We'll see. And if he does, then I will adjust my expectation. But for right now, he just looks okay. Then you talk about the receivers. The wide receivers, they're good. Uh, you certainly have some talent there. Maurice French had a solid game. Reception, Taysir Mack, another solid game. But ultimately, these guys aren't Tyler Boyd. But the wide receivers, for the most part, are fine. But we've got to talk about the tight ends. This unit, I mentioned it last week, and they are still a disaster. Nikia Griffin-Stewart. I, I hate being generally really too hard on college athletes. But my goodness. He should not be a part of this offense. He should not be getting passes thrown in his direction. He dropped multiple balls. He could not get it done. This has been week in, week out. It's clear he's just not a good tight end. He, not a good receiver, at least. I admittedly haven't paid too much attention when it comes to blocking. Maybe he does a better job there. He cannot catch passes. He should not be targeted for passes. This just isn't working. And it's understandable, right? Because when you have an offense that for years neglected the tight end position and didn't use the tight end position, then you're not going to get good recruits at that uh, position. And then finally... You decide you want to use that position, well, you don't have the athletes to do it. But you think, you would think that you could get someone who can at least catch a ball. And unfortunately, and again, I hate being too hard, but Nikia Griffin Stewart just cannot do it. He he has shown time and time again that he cannot do that. And so I just think you cannot have him out there anymore because he can't catch footballs. And if he keeps dropping passes, then this offense will continue to stall, and you can't blame anyone but yourself if you're putting him out there, and he is part of the reason why that happens. And then to wrap things up on the offense, the running backs. 
they just can't get it going. And you still can't really tell what the ranking is of the running backs. It's still very, very unclear. Now, Todd Sibley is uh, is still injured, so he's not available. But you've got A.J. Davis, you've got Vincent Davis, you've got Valique Carter, and then you do have Sibley when he's healthy. And I, I sort of joked on Twitter, I said it's like the, the ranking of the uh, the four uh, Hollywood Chrises who are, you know, in superhero movies. You've got uh, Chris Pine, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, Chris Pratt. And there's just a constant back and forth over who's moving up. Chris Pratt was at the top at Parks and Rec, and then he's since moved down. Chris Pye moved up at Wonder Woman. Hemsworth at After Avengers. Chris Evans is up. And it just keeps changing. And week in, week out, I cannot figure out these running backs. For a little bit, you thought, okay, Vincent Davis at the beginning of the season, you think, okay, he's the guy. He seems like he's got a ton of talent. And then he falls off, and he's not looking too good. And then Todd Sibley maybe looked good for a little bit, and then he's injured, and so and he hasn't been used a ton. And then you think A.J. Davis, he was able to take over a game. But then again, he was pretty quiet. He was the lead back in this game, but still pretty quiet. Didn't look all that impressive. And then... Uh, then you've got uh, Valique Carter, who can break off a big play here or there, but is certainly not going to be your main guy. And the ranking, you just can't figure it out. I, I mean, and it's unfortunate because it's not the 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 great Chris's in Hollywood where they're all great and it's so difficult to figure out who's number one. In this case, it's like they're all about a number three or a number four. No one seems like a number one running back. I mean, this week you had a big rushing play from Vincent Davis, ran 61 yards for a touchdown, ended up helping uh, make the difference in the result. But outside of that, that's all he did, pretty much. And then A.J. Davis, 16 carries, 75 yards. It was okay, but they just cannot get this running game going. And the offensive line is partly to blame, but ultimately this has been a big-time disappointment that they can't get the running game going. Because of that, they are just passing all the time, and that's not working. This offense is just spinning its wheels. It does not look good. And I don't know exactly where they go from here, but I just know that what's happening now is untenable because you barely got to win over Georgia Tech. You're not going to be able to win in your next three games unless the offense gets a little bit better. They have to. The defense can play out of its mind. And they have been, but if the offense does not get better, then it's going to be ugly. Because right now, you talk a look at the dispar- take a look at the disparity. Pitt is number 88 in total offense in the country. They're 10th in total defense. That is a massive, massive disparity. And so you, you've got to get the offense a little bit better. The defense having a great season. The offense, when, when the defense gives the offense a short field, as they did in that game on Saturday... The offense has to do something with it, and they just did it. And the defense was great. again. And this was without DeMar Hamlin, who we found out after the game had a slight injury. He'll be good to go for UNC, uh, so that's good news. And they were able to win without him, so okay, that's fine. But even without one of their best players on defense, they were still able to not just get it done, but dominate on defense. This was a defense that had three turnovers and a blocked punt, and they only gave up 10 points. This is, again, I said it before, this is the defense that was promised when Pat Narduzzi was hired. This is the kind of defense that we all expected. And really the only shame of it is that 
through all of that, through how great this defense has been, the team still isn't quite there because of the offense. And the special teams, they haven't been great. But because of the offense, not being able to take advantage of what the defense gives them, this team isn't great. Even with a phenomenal defense, a top 10 defense in the country, and the team still isn't great. And they haven't looked great in any game. Now, they've got wins, and you've got to give them credit for 6-3. and three. But they just don't look like an excellent team. They don't look like they deserve to be ranked in the top 25 because the offense is so bad. And so you hope that it narrows a little bit. 10th in total defense, 88th in total offense. If this team can get to 60-something in offense, that would be good enough for what they're looking to accomplish this year. But man, things just aren't there. So we're going to take a quick break, a word from one of our new sponsors, and then we will be right back after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, we are back. So uh, I teased this last week, but I uh, this will be the first week I'm doing it. It's a week before the college football playoff rankings come out, but I'm going to give my uh, top 10 in college football uh, in the country. So for me, there's a clear-cut top four. If these teams win out, even – well, they can't win out because two of them are going to be playing each other. But even if that's just a one loss, I think these four are far and away – the best teams in the country, the top four, and I would love to see the four of them in the college football playoff. Right now, I've got Alabama number one, LSU number two. They'll be playing each other, so obviously one of them will drop, but if one of them loses and it's a slight margin, I would argue that they shouldn't drop, uh, even if it's, as long as it's not a blowout, but if it's a competitive game, I would argue that the loser of that game should not drop below fourth, because at the end of the day, you're just going to have one loss, which is as many as all these other teams outside of Penn State. It's the only other uh, Big Five school, I believe, that doesn't have a loss. And Penn State has not looked all that impressive, and they haven't really beaten anyone, and they won't convince me that they're that good unless they beat Ohio State. And so whoever wins this, uh, whoever loses this uh, Alabama-LSU game, as long as it's a competitive game, as long as they don't get blown out, I would still have them in the top four, absolutely, because these four teams look like the best. We'll see. But right now I've got Alabama, then LSU, then I've got Clemson at number three, and then I've got Ohio State at number four. I know you could make a case for Ohio State being above Clemson. We'll see. I want to see Ohio State. Clemson hasn't faced tough, tough competition, but neither has Ohio State, let's be honest. So we'll see what they do moving forward. But right now that's my top four far and away. The number five, I've got Georgia. I had them at number six last week. Uh, they they went out, they had a big game, they beat Florida in a rivalry game, they look good, their only loss was sort of a fluke overtime game, yeah, it was one bad day, but I think Georgia, they are the fifth best team in the country. I'll go Penn State number six, yeah, they're undefeated, but again, they still haven't really impressed me, haven't beaten anyone, they've got a big game coming up this week, they've got Minnesota, not that I think Minnesota's all that good, I think they're mostly overrated, but... They are undefeated. They are ranked. Penn State can get a win 
it will at least show that they've got something. It was similar to uh, the win over Michigan. Shows, okay, you're good, and I think this Penn State team is good, but I just don't think they're great. Unless I see them beat Ohio State, I, I can't say that they're great because I haven't seen it. Certainly not in their game against Pitt. Then at 7, I've got Florida. Uh, yeah, I know they just lost to Georgia, but they played a good game, and they've only lost to really good teams. And when that happens, I don't want to penalize teams for losing a game that was really tough. And the only two games they've lost were to LSU and to Georgia. And again, in my opinion, that's two and five in the country. They beat Auburn. They've looked good. I've got Florida number seven, not moving even after a loss. Then I've got Auburn at eight. I can't have Auburn above Florida because Florida beat Auburn. But again, Auburn looks good. Uh, They've had uh, a good year. And they've got the same record, 7-2. and two. Again, the only teams they've lost to, LSU and Florida. And so I've got Auburn just behind the Gators. And then at 9, I've got Oregon. The Pac-12 uh, is uh, just abysmal. But they have gone out there, and they've done what they needed to do in that conference. The only team they lost to was Auburn. So again, they've got to be below Auburn. But Oregon, yeah, that's enough for the top 10. And then Oklahoma. Oklahoma, I think because of Jalen Hurts and everyone talking about them and all that, you assumed that they were better, that they were in that top tier. And then you look at who they've beaten, and they haven't really in their – they made a statement in their opening week against Houston where they scored 49 points. But I think we've all realized that even with Dana Holgerson, Houston's not all that good. Then they went on the road and they crushed UCLA, but we're realizing UCLA isn't all that good. I think we knew that at the time. And their only ranked win is against Texas. And again, Texas, we're sort of realizing, isn't all that good. So we'll see about Oklahoma. But I think because of the flash, we all thought that they were better. Um, I I think they're decent. But yeah, I would have Oklahoma at 10. So that is my top 10 for college football and uh, I'll keep that posted going forward to see just what my opinion is. Now, ACC rankings, I mentioned uh, last week. We've got this on CardiacHill.com. King of the Hill, Anson, uh, does power rankings for the entirety of the ACC. I'm just going to do my top five. Number one, Clemson, easy, no explanation. Number two, Wake. It's clear, Wake Forest is the second best team in the conference, no doubt about it. Their quarterback, Jamie Newman, He's the real deal. This is a good team. They obliterated NC State, and uh, they've got seven wins. So Wake Forest, they're number two. Uh, UVA, they're number three. After uh, a little bit of doubt, they went to to North Carolina. They had a big game. They got the win. UVA now in the driver's seat in the Coastal. They'll most likely win it, and they deserve to. So I'm going to go Virginia three. Louisville, I'm going to go with uh, fourth in the conference. They look good. Not great, but they do look good. And then fifth, I will go with the Pitt Panthers. They've got the same record as a couple other teams, but I think that Pitt is better than Miami, even having lost to them. I think Pitt is better than Virginia Tech. I think Pitt is better than UNC, though we'll see coming up in uh, just over a week. And uh, one more thing. Uh, talking about, well, I've got to mention, and I'll hit on it in a second, I've got to mention volleyball, because again, they went out this weekend and they dominated. Two victories, both in straight sets, they are absolutely incredible, keep an eye on them, they are doing it. Uh, Now, basketball, 
just going to mention basketball briefly. We'll be doing a full basketball preview episode next week because there's no football game this weekend for Pitt. They're off. And so next week, we'll be doing a, a full basketball preview, and uh, we'll go for it. But Pitt does have a game this week. The season starts. They've got Florida State in a big ACC matchup. Uh, but we'll do just a, just a brief sort of preview. Um, and uh, to me, we'll talk more about the, the incoming players next week. Uh, to me, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how, in my eyes, there's a big three of the returning players uh, you've got Xavier Xavier Johnson, you've got Trey McGowan's, and you've got Audis Tony, and those three they've got to lead this team. And I think Xavier Johnson is a really good player. I think he'll do it. I think Trey McGowan's he'll have some off days, but I think on his on days he's going to be really good. To me, the question is Tony. He's got to do something when it comes to rebounding. He's got to do something when it comes to a spark. I think he's sort of the X factor. If he's very good, and they've got a third guy on this team who's really good, who's got experience, I think this team can accomplish a lot. But if Tony falls off, if he doesn't have too much, then the team's going to be in trouble. So even with Xavier Johnson and Trey McGowan, who I expect to be the two best players, I think the X-Factor player is Audis Tony, and I think he's really got to pull his weight as a member of that big three, quote-unquote. Uh, when it comes to a prediction, and I, I might clarify this next week, I know it'll be after the season begins, but I'm going to say, looking at everything, I'll put them at 17-16 and 16 overall, and I'll say 8-12 and 12 in the ACC. Uh, I think they probably just miss out on the NIT, but I think it'll probably be a good season for Jeff Capel and the Panthers. Uh, I think it'll be a good jumping off point to his third year where they can really contend. Uh, but for now, I'm predicting a solid season. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll sort of be like process era 76ers where any success is just a joy because you're happy to see things paying off after a few years of being really awful. And so when this team plays well, I think it's it's going to be a lot of fun to see, to realize, hey, this team's got some great players and they've got a really good coach. And it should be a good experience. So we'll do a full basketball recap next week, but uh, did want to hit on that before their first game coming up this week against Florida State. And then Panther of the Week, uh, no doubt about it, as long as they keep winning, it's got to be pit volleyball. Another phenomenal job. It's like too easy. You, if, if you watch the game, the match, you turn it on, it's over in the blink of an eye because they are just out there obliterating teams, dominating them in straight sets. They did it again, still undefeated in the ACC, still number two in the nation, at least as of this taping. And uh, yeah, they're Panther of the Week. But honorable mention to Alex Kessman, who has somehow magically turned it around. He had an awful start to the season, missed a bunch of field goals, and since then he has looked great, and that is really difficult to do to just turn things around after a poor start. So Alex Kessman gets honorable mention for Panther of the Week because of what he's been able to do to turn things around as the kicker for the football team. So that is it for this episode of Unscripted. We want to thank you so much for listening. Again, uh, we have we are now part of the SB Nation network. Nothing really changes for you, but 
it, what would be a big help is if you can subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. So if it's Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever, if you could subscribe, uh, if you want to leave a review, that would be very helpful. Uh, but subscribing definitely helps. You get the episodes uh, delivered straight to you the second they post. Uh, which is nice, uh, or you can keep listening on CardiacHill.com, whatever's easiest for you. Uh, but we appreciate the support. If you've got any thoughts, feel free to tweet me at Corey E. Cohen, C-O-R-E-Y-C-O-H-E-N. And again, next week, basketball preview. We'll talk a little bit of football, but mostly basketball before uh, the big UNC matchup on the football field. So again, thank you for listening. I'm Corey Cohen, signing off from Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill podcast.